Hello, wherever you are in any part of the world. Hello from my heart to yours.
everyone. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. It is also simulcasting to other places that do not matter. So if you're in any of those places that don't matter, head on over here to Twitch. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you follow the channel because we're live six nights a week. And uh, today, earlier, people got a t- treat and the media wench did her first solo stream from her new abode. And uh, she did uh, episode two of Soups, which is the where we pretend that the Shasta County Board of Supervisors is a sitcom called Soups. And <laughs> anyway, I'm producer Dave. Uh, you can find me on Grinder. Uh oh, I don't have sound from the councilman. Everybody, this is recorded live. Uh, this is this is not this is a not a you problem. So this is a me problem. Let me see if I can figure this out. Oh, there we go. That's the problem. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Yay. Hey, everyone. Uh, Live, live internet radio. It's the best. Um, This is the councilman. You can find me on X at T-H-E underscore councilman. And uh, you can also find me uh, right now uh, getting into a little bit of uh, Indica and getting ready to write some draft quotes for uh, endorsers to to approve so that we can push them out on the internet and get some dumbasses elected. It's a great life. Oh, great. You're going to get some more dumbasses elected. Just what America needs. Well, the dumbasses pay better, so. <laughs> oh, man. We, 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 we've been kicking around the idea of starting a consulting firm. We really should. Do, we really should. We really do should. Down, down ballot consulting. I think it would just be fabulous. Ooh, um, ooh we'd have to. No, because I'd have to pretend it wasn't me. Anyway. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, we, uh, we can take assumed names or something, you know. Anyway. So earlier today, one of Media Wench's uh, Maine Coon cats just took out the stream, like during her show. <laughs> so so the stream has been constructed to be impervious to all except for cats except for a giant Maine Coon cat <laughs> named Turkish he uh, fucking took the stream out it took out all the audio couldn't he figure out what was wrong we had to restart her computer and unplug the audio interfaces and everything we don't know what that fucking cat did but it was it was amazing and Is after it, it was I'm going to pull a clip of it and put it up because after he took the sound out, he was like pawing at her being like, Hey mom, did you see what I did? Hey mom. And then, then she shut the stream down because there was no fucking sound. It was so great. He was probably very proud of himself. Oh yeah. 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 He was, is this, this is what you call Turkish delight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, get, oh yeah. Well, Zing. she, we, we, we learned one thing is that, um, you don't let the cats climb on the desk under any circumstances. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. Even on Catterday. Ooh, especially on Catterday. They're feeling bold on Catterday. It's true. They they got opinions. You think they don't know what day it is? No, they definitely do. They've they've got they've got that cat sense, right? Yeah, they know. They know that it are Catterday. The sixth sense. Anyway, shall we get into it? Yeah, what do we got for leading off? Well, it's we're just going back to the well here. I mean, this this is the story that's gonna keep paying dividends for this show for a long time. (laughs) Uh, so everyone's should be familiar by now if you're in our listener slash viewer base uh, with California Forever. They are the billionaire mogul tech bro group, more than likely, well, maybe not funded by Peter Thiel, but funded by a lot of people like Peter Thiel, uh, who are attempting to uh, build from scratch uh, a planned community uh, in the middle of Solano County out near Travis Air Force Base. Uh, and they've just recently, they've been pretty secretive about the plans to date. Um, uh, but they've just released uh, apparently a map and early schematics of the full community and not just the Norman Rockwell paintings that we've seen so far. 
So we're going to learn more about what they've proposed and what folks think about it. You've heard it by now. It's called California Forever. It's a project aimed at creating a new city in Sonoma County. And today, the billionaires behind it got one step closer to getting the proposal on the November ballot. As NBC Barry's Emma Goss explains, the goal is to get voters to approve the project, even if the county isn't on board. Today's filing addresses a range of community concerns that have come up about the ambitious development. It also outlines 10 voter guarantees offering Solano County residents various financial incentives in hopes they'll greenlight the project. The community is 18,600 acres. So why they need a different guy. They really do. <laughs> they really do. Hans is not cutting it. To a crowd of enthusiastic Solano County residents, the developers behind California Forever made their biggest pitch yet for a new city. We've created ten, a set of 10 voter guarantees that you will find in the project initiative. Those guarantees cover a wide range of critics' concerns about the plan to build a new private city, promising Solano County benefits, including job creation, affordable housing, environmental protection, additional security around Travis Air Force Base, educational scholarships, and no drain on the area's water resources. This is a plan. What are they gonna invent the water? What the fuck do you mean no drain on the water resources? They're going to recycle the poop water and drink it. Oh. Just, they're going to drink their own poop. They're, it'll be like Fremen in Dune. They'll just drink their own sweat and poop water. And that's like the, the guys that were making beer out of it. Exactly. Only they're, you know, they're making drinky water. Or maybe they're making beer. Maybe they just drink beer all day. That'd be a cool, cool pause spot. To I do not want to drink beer with James Ramek. But well, certainly not poop beer. This is the mission of Travis for many generations to come. Some Solano County residents tell us they can't wait to see it on the ballot in November. I am super excited. I feel like this is a vision that has been... Ooh, a private educator, you say. <laughs> Notice how it doesn't say school teacher. She's like, no, no, no. I want you to make sure that it says private educator. Pri private school educator for quite a while how long is this going to take to get built you know what's the what's that process going to look like while others worry developers are over promising and will under deliver have they been able to answer your concerns at all they don't want to listen to our concerns every time somebody makes a concern they poo poo it like it's not going to happen i'm very excited patrice Lewis, a vallejo mother of three is the fairfield field director for the ballot measure i'm directly in the field so uh phone banking uh canvassing talking to business owners as she sees it california forever creates an opportunity for her children to afford to buy a home in the golden state someday right now she says Fuck it doesn't her. seem possible no, no, go back there's black people in you know on the stoop there oh really they had a they, they finally put a black person in one of their drawings? norman rockwell apparently learned how to paint black people yeah <laughs> life-changing <laughs> California Forever still needs to gather the required number of signatures to qualify for the November ballot. Well, After no. that, it's up to Solano County voters whether or not it moves forward. In Rio Vista, Emma Goss, NBC, Bay Area News. This shit's going down two to one or three to one or something, dude. There's just no fucking way. These people, I just, there's no yeah, way. I agree. I agree. It's going to get on the ballot. They'll, you know, anyone who has money can get something on the ballot. That's pretty much been proven. Um, like the dialysis measure that keeps coming up every two years that we keep talking about. Like, um, like they don't want like they they need like a used car salesman how you doing kind of handshake guy first of all like instead of cool. instead of this guy that like <laughs> this guy looks like like reminds me of klaus schwab the guy who all the conspiracy theorists think is gonna make you eat bugs like yeah. ideally they would have people from 
you know, lo- local leaders from the community who they'd recruited who were on board and they'd form like a steering committee of, you know, uh, really respected community leaders. That's what you see when, uh, for example, when the sports analogy, when the 49ers built their stadium here in Santa Clara, right? Santa Clara is not exactly a big city, right? It's, it's uh, not necessarily the place you would expect to see a 70,000 seat, you know, stadium, right? Where Taylor Swift is going to play. Well, they had to do some work, obviously, to, to sell it, right? And they ended up winning handily. One, they spent a shit ton of money per voter, but they also early on went out and recruited, you know, local business leaders, elected officials, uh, trusted community leaders, right? People who um, people looked to um, and, and believed. And they got on board with it and they sold it, right? This situation, you've got like Hans and then his, you know, very, uh, very nice and diverse highly recruited, highly, you know, uh, curated team of field organizers and representatives who are not local leaders, who are not well-known, who are just, you know, people he, they've brought in more than likely or elevated from the community um, because they uh, look like the community, <laughs> to, for lack of a better a better phrase. So I don't know that this is going to work as well. This is more like carpet bombing and and uh, not not so much building from the ground up. This it's, is building it's from the top It's that carpet down. bombing and carpet bagging. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's top down organizing, and top down organizing very rarely works, um, especially when they really do need to build, you know, public uh, public opinion behind this. This is not just like some uh, school bond or something that's very easily understood, right? And then someone, a voter, can read the pamphlet and just say, "Oh yeah, I like this" or "I don't like this." Like, there's a lot of nuance to this, and they they need to do some selling because the you're right. First first glance, most voters are going to say, "Get the fuck out." Um, Somebody in chat called it trickle down homesteading. Right. And frankly, I, I'm surprised like they didn't start this sooner because they would more than likely benefit more from a, a, a March primary uh, electorate. The November electorate is going to be a little younger, more progressive, even in Solano County, more progressive um, and less and a little more suspicious and less likely to believe the hype. Um, so I, I don't know why they're targeting November, um, but Maybe, perhaps because it's only, maybe they wouldn't let a citizens, citizens initiative on the ballot in March. That's all, all I can think of. But um, it's not a very friendly electorate for them. So they're going to have some work to do. Have you ever seen that movie Brazil? Uh, top 10 movie for me. Absolutely. So I would make the no campaign videos all look like the movie Brazil. Right. As like what is going to end up happening in this fucking city. If you see something, say something. Central Services is here to provide for you. <laughs> We've on to talk about your ducts. <laughs> Are your ducts old-fashioned, out of shape? <laughs> we have the latest in duct design. Um, yeah, no, that's absolutely. Uh, everyone listening, watching, should absolutely go uh, download Brazil from whatever service has it. I don't think it's on Netflix because I've looked for it because I wanted to show it to. I vote good piracy. Wife. Yeah, there you go. Piracy works. Um, the good wife needs to see this, so I'm, it's on my list of. Uh, looks to show her but yeah terry gilliam the uh, uh monty python veteran the only american in monty python also uh, direct, x-files director also x-files um so d- he directed it uh, it's got uh fantastic cast including robert de niro so. so if anybody hasn't seen it just think of 1984 but nothing really works correctly <laughs> <laughs> right the fridge the heating system everything's broken down everything's exposed the typewriters right um <laughs> And it's one guy who learns who knows how to fix shit at the office, right? There's always that guy. Um, it's, you know, uh, but anyway, that's your main character. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Go check it out. I don't want to say anything more. 
Right now, let's move on to winners and losers, where uh, there yes. are no winners unless you were rooting for somebody, and then they're probably going to lose. Or you shouldn't no, have been doing that. Yeah, whatever. I, I, <laughs> I did that wrong. Anyway, don't have hope. You should never have hope. Do that's, not have hope the, during the winners and losers sec- segment. I mean, well, at all. I mean, that's really what down ballot's entire message is in a bottle. Uh, the audacity of hope. So, what's our? Uh, this shows more about the audacity of nope. The uh, audacity of nope. There you go. What is uh, our first story in uh, winners and losers? Well, uh, just showing you the power of solidarity and the power of uh, organizing and the strength of the brand of being a teacher, regardless of how much they're paid. Uh, The CSU faculty, the California State University faculty, um, went on strike earlier this week, as in like yesterday. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, suddenly they have a deal. So we're going to learn more about uh, uh, why they went on strike, what they got, and who won and who lost, if anyone. Well, new developments for Cal State students everywhere. This is thanks to a late night deal. A planned week-long faculty strike is over just one day. The strike disrupted what for many is the start of the spring semester. Today in the Bay's Ginger Kanahiro Sam joins us live at San Francisco State this morning. And Ginger students are still on break right now, right? They are Laura and Marcus. Good morning to you. They're still on break, but they head back to class on Monday. Some of them putting in the work uh, during their break to show their solidarity and support to their university teachers who are scheduled to picket all week. That has been avoided now that a tentative agreement has been reached by faculty members and California State University management. That tentative uh, agreement was announced at 10 p.m. last night. What it highlights, a lot of it was a sticking point about pay. CFA members and California State University management has agreed on a 5% increase retroactive to July of 2023 and then another 5% increase for all faculty beginning in July of this year. The agreement will also raise the salary floor, increase parental leave, and extend the current contract to the end of June in 2025. CFA's president says the tentative agreement makes major gains for CFA members. Those members Members launched a one-day strike back in December. Some of those faculty members here at San, San Francisco State, and you're seeing some of that footage from that one-day strike that was also mirrored in at least three other campuses across the state. Yesterday, the strike extended to more campuses and threatened to last the entire week until that agreement was reached. The CSU chancellor praises the agreement, saying it will enable the California State University system to fairly compensate faculty while also protecting long-term financial sustainability. Some CSU campuses go back to the classrooms today. Some of those students wake up, wake up, CSU, uh, East Bay, Cal Maritime, and Sonoma State among them. San Jose State goes back tomorrow. And as mentioned, San Francisco State, would uh, their schedules would not have been disrupted at all of this. But it's good that teachers and students are going back to the classroom without this hanging over their head. Marcus and Laura. So that's good. Yeah, actually, this was originally going to be on the docket as an ongoing strike because I did not think that this would be uh, resolved right away. Um, but hey, like I said, it's the power of organizing. So good on the teachers. They get their money, uh, their monies, and uh, yeah, good on the university f- system for stepping to the table and uh, getting something done for the children. And I mean, <clears throat> it's, you know, 2023 was kind of a big year for labor, and it seems like uh, this is kind of spilling out over into 2024, and that's uh, real good. Real yeah, good. yeah, I'd say so. Uh, good on them. Um, uh, let's hope they don't let it go to their head. <laughs> eh, eh. 
Yeah, okay. Well, moving right along. Yeah, what do we got uh, next? Well, uh, in this next story, basically, some people lose more than others, but everyone basically loses. It's about housing, so that's, that should be no surprise. We talk about housing. Financial experts often advise you that you should spend no more than one third of your pay on housing. But that doesn't really fly around here. New data reveals renters in the East Bay are having the toughest time with this. Let's bring in our investigative reporter, Hilda Gutierrez, who joins us with these details. Hilda. Yes, the government defines affordable housing as the costing no more than 30% of your income. But residents in the East Bay, where rent was once considered affordable, tell us they surpassed that percentage a long time ago. And the latest census data agrees. Like when I say rent prices to you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? A significant part of a paycheck. It's too much. Really too much. <laughs> um, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Lakeisha Jones and her three children moved from San Francisco to Pittsburgh 13 years ago because living in the city was no longer affordable. At the time, she says prices in Pittsburgh seemed fair, but not anymore. People are, you know, scrambling, trying to figure out how to pay bills and how to uh, keep the lights on. Do I pay my car insurance or do I buy food? It's almost kind of one of those type of things. And do you keep a roof over your head? New census estimates for 2022 show nearly three quarters, 73% of renters in Pittsburgh were burdened by housing costs, meaning they spend more than 30% of their income on rent. Pittsburgh top cities across the Bay and sits fourth overall nationwide. They're so high that I decided not to move here. How's that? Arthur Rainey says when he was apartment hunting in Walnut Creek last November, he became so discouraged by the high rent he decided to move out of state instead. I said, never mind, I won't do that. Uh, I decided I'd just live in Omaha, Nebraska and do my work out here. And how much are you paying out there for something similar? Oh, actually, it's not even comparable. So I have a two-bedroom con- uh, penthouse condo out there for 2200 a month, 1500 square feet. When we looked at the cities with the highest rent burden in all of the Bay Area, three of the top ones were here in Contra Costa County. Pittsburgh and Walnut Creek both saw double-digit increases in burden renters compared to pre-pandemic estimates. Antioch is the only city in the top five where the number actually went down after the pandemic, but still enough burden renters to make the top five. At the county level, Solano and Contra Costa had the highest percentage of burden renters in the Bay Area. Only San Francisco had fewer than 40% of renters facing burdening costs. They recommend to only spend 30% of your income on your housing. Let me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's more than that. Bertha purchased a home and moved to Pittsburgh 18 years ago. At that time, her mortgage was $1,000 a month. She now pays double after negotiating with her bank. She says a home like hers rents for at least $2,500 a month. The bank tried to make us pay, you know, like almost triple, 3000 What percentage would you say of a paycheck? It was more than a third, so it was, it was more than an entire paycheck went to my rent. So how are they able to keep a roof over their head? I mean, roommates, roommates. So you have to kind of like juggle it and figure it out, work in three or four different jobs, all of the um, Instacarts and the DoorDashes and all of those type of jobs just to kind of make ends meet. 
Yet there are positive signs for renters that the local housing market cools off. Average rent in the Bay Area this month fell about 13% versus this time last year, according to estimates from Zillow. With the investigative unit, average rent fell 13% versus this time. I don't know. Like, how does that mean? Does it, how do they measure that? I don't know. I'm sus of that number. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea how they measure it. Do or they what do, the incentive is for? Do they measure know. it like? like new leases i would guess so it had to be some sort of publicly accessible documentation so um yeah i could yeah i imagine that's what it is is like new leases Any, anything that has to be filed like publicly um that can be scraped from a database yeah because i don't think like i don't think the average person's rent went down 13 percent i really don't believe that at all you um, never get a notice from your landlord that says hey surprise your rent's going down right and I've, you know, there's like month to month, you know, fluctuations like down a percent or two here or there, but not that kind of, even that year over year, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't know where they're down 13. I don't see that at all. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, and some of those numbers are skewed anyway, right? Like for example, Santa Clara County at 44%. Well, a lot of the folks who couldn't can't afford to live in Santa Clara County have already moved out of Santa Clara County. Um, more than likely like Solano or Contra Costa County, right? Um, because it was more affordable at the time and now it's becoming less affordable. But do you see maybe less of a percentage of our population in Santa Clara County that is you know, uh, rent burdened? Um, but it's simply because it's it's also skewed because there are simply less folks who are rent burdened who have left or more folks who are rent burdened who have left. Um, so just a, just a good tip for when reading charts and numbers and data. Yep. Always, always think about the underlying context. I got a weird story. You never hear of an In-N-Out closing. Uh, this is out of Oakland. We'll let the, we'll let the news uh, fearmonger about the In-N-Out closing. People who live and work in East Oakland are disappointed to hear the only In-N-Out in the city is closing later this year. That's right. The popular burger restaurant saying car break-ins and violent theft is to blame. KTVU's Crystal Bailey today took a look at what's being done to curb violent crime right near the airport. She's here in studio with the story. Crystal. Well, Oakland police say they have a crime reduction plan in this area, and they've seen progress. Meanwhile, customers tell me they aren't shocked to hear the restaurant is closing its doors. A security guard at the In-N-Out today told me she's seen up to 10 break-ins in a single day. But residents say it's too little, too late. The In-N-Out in Oakland is located in one of the hotspot areas for crime, near 98th Avenue and Hagenberger. It's an area criminals know they can find unsuspecting tourists coming from the airport. Although that wasn't an unsuspecting tourist location for 18 years. They just oh, that the guy they think that they're oh God or customers to work and visit an unsafe environment. You can't even leave your car right here to go in there within one minute. Your, your stuff is getting smashed. I love this place. I hate to see it go. On Sunday morning, as In-N-Out announced its closure, Oakland police say they arrested someone for removing an ATM from the wall at the Bank of America, less than half a mile away. And just a couple hundred feet away at the Raising Canes on Hagenberger, a manager says they were forced to close their indoor dining area and provide employees with a secure fence for parking, all due to break-ins. It, it seems like everything, another thing is closing in Oakland, another thing is leaving Oakland, all this stuff. And I get it now. You know what I mean? People ain't trying to deal with this, but you know, we're, we're the ones, especially us East Oaklanders, like we really suffered. Oakland residents blame city leadership. The crime getting worse, so the city really need to help us out. Like I said, you, you're finally now starting to see a little bit of police around here, but it's just a little bit too late, too little, too late. 
Oakland police know the area is a problem, so they increased the number of patrols and started working with a private security team for 24-7 monitoring last year. OPD says in 2023, they saw a 23 percent reduction in auto burglaries around Hagenberger and 98th Avenue compared to 2022. And despite all the effort, after the in-and-out on Oakport Street closes in late March, customers will have to travel to Alameda or San Leandro to get their double-doubles. I hate to go way out of the way when I can go right here. And even though they're closing, In-N-Out will still donate to Oakland Charities. OPD says their command team and Councilmember Trevor Reed will continue to meet with businesses near the airport to make it a safer area for Oakland residents and tourists. Crystal Bailey, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Thank you. I don't, I mean, I'm confused. <laughs> okay, tell me. Don't most people that go to In-N-Out go to the drive-thru? I guess. I, I always go inside, but that's just me. I, I think well, that's because the line for the fucking drive-thru is insane. Yeah, and you can actually you can actually get food faster and it's fresh. And if you don't have anything else to do, why not just get it and eat it there? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the uh, very top of the story when they spoke to a security guard who said they had seen you know up to 10 break-ins a day. And I'm like, man, you're a really shitty security guard. Well, they're not supposed to enter. <laughs> they're not supposed to intervene. I guess, yeah. But that, well, that the other security guard towards the end of the clip with the coffee and their their you know smartphone out. I mean, that's their, that's under. actually their job. Except, uh, I guess she wasn't really observing, but she could have been on a break or whatever. I, I suppose. I suppose yeah, just being visible too is always good. You know, having eyes on the street, as it were. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, they can cite that. There might be other reasons. Um, and it could just be this particular location, right? Like, and I haven't heard of it, and I'm closing any other locations. Um, so it could be that this particular location has its issues. Um, hopefully they'll find another spot in Oak, Oaktown to uh, set up shop so that folks can get their double doubles. You know what I'm saying? I know I, I feel you. I totally feel you. I need my double double animal style. Light lettuce, light tomato. I did see mm. somebody in the chat saying that like the taco trucks and stuff in that neighborhood are better anyway. That's more than likely true. So uh, this could be a blessing in disguise. For everyone involved, um, the prices are going up anyway too. You can't get like a nice in and out meal for less than like ten bucks these days. So, well, up well, next we're going to go down back down to San Jose, and it looks yes, like sir. um, this is a, we're following up on a story we uh fought, we covered before. It looks like one of these um racist cops that sends racist text messages uh was uh, more racist than we thought actually. Totally racist. We start tonight with a former San Jose cop dismissed after numerous racist text messages were uncovered. Tonight, we're learning there may be even more damaging text. Former officer Mark McNamara is already facing a lawsuit related to an on-duty shooting of a young man involved in a restaurant brawl. The investigation into that shooting first unearthed those racist texts. Wait a minute. No, no. A young man. He was did not shoot a young man involved in a restaurant brawl. He shot a young man who took a gun away from an assailant and possibly saved people's lives. And restaurant is really a stretch for yeah, Lovick. Let's just, <laughs> let's just put that out there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but no, yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a gross misrepresentation of what actually happened. <laughs> but now a judge has ordered the release of additional texts, and some say those are even more troubling. Here's NBC Bay Area's Robert Honda. 
The current legal trouble for former San Jose police officer Mark McNamara started in March of 2022 when he responded to a brawl at a San Jose taqueria. That's where he shot Kawan Green, who had tried to stop the fighting and was holding a gun he had taken away from an attacker. During a deposition, McNamara said he felt he didn't do anything wrong, but was contrite. If he wears that deposition, we can do testimony Tuesday sometime no, I here. Say, I'm sorry. I would apologize to every <laughs> single And I have. If you go through my body-worn camera, I've apologized. I apologize to almost everybody I use force on. I don't like doing it. It doesn't make me feel good. But new questions were raised about McNamara's state of mind when a police investigation turned up racist text messages from that time period. They included a text to another officer that read, I hate black people. I mean, could you... Could Come on. More on the head, you know, uh, maybe like just use a trope or something like something that not ever, you know, even <laughs> my, my 18 month old could understand. I mean, try, try a little, try, you could find a whistle of, 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 of some sort, <laughs> sir. You, you, you could find the whistle somewhere. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't like going Since to Oakland. Left the force. <laughs> But the man he shot is now suing the city, and last week the judge in that case ordered a second batch of McNamara's texts released to Green's legal team. It was that team that provided them to us. Most are too graphic to show. Others reiterate comments in prior texts, including one in which oh, he refers to a cashier oh, I, saying, I hate black people. And well, well, the word before, it wasn't Nantucket before cashier, no, was it? Nor, nor was the word below there, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about uppity. Oh, God. Uppity N-word. In another, he mocks police action by saying, you harassing them blacks? Another reads, I hate black people more than I hate being a cop. This is a person who apparently... Whoa, dude. Man, you got some problems, man. Whoa, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man, this, this isn't the one, though. The whole bunch was already spoiled. If other people weren't like, oh, you got to fire this guy or we're all resigning. Maybe like that's can't... what it is. Maybe that's what it is. All these asshole cops, they just hate being cops. So they, they're trying to get fired, right? So they just do stupid shit because they're trying to get fired. And they're just amazed that they keep not getting fired. <laughs> Both his job and the people that he was assigned to serve and protect. In yet another text, McNamara uses a racial slur to refer to an Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no. And how she spoke. And not see you next Tuesday. Insults against the gay community and women. They need to take a deeper dive into the mind and the psyche of the people whom they're trusting to make life and death decisions. Legal analyst Stephen Clark says the new texts will bring. He said there's nothing in all of these books that's going to exonerate <laughs> this man. <laughs> I have many leather bound books. Prosecution scrutiny. When you look at these racist texts so close in time to the shooting, the DA's office is going to evaluate what was his state of mind, and they may not be done investigating him in this case. And also, the fact that he erased these text messages is evidence in a case. Unless the city of San Jose decides to settle out of court, the case involving McNamara will be heard in federal court in San Jose in April. Ooh, settle out of court, friendos. Settle out of court. You're going to get fucking <laughs> slammed by some federal judge right there on uh right there right there over by uh, the sofa district right right kitty corner there from uh original joe's you're gonna get fucking slammed yeah the uh city of san jose has been paying out the nose for these settlements but they're just gonna have to keep paying because yeah they're if they go to court they're gonna get crushed so. uh anyway well uh hopefully uh 
there is some justice here at some point. But um, again, as we've talked about before, this is just the tip of the iceberg, the, the, you know, the shining example of the problem that we all know exists. Um, so it's not as though this is the only dude out there who has this issue and it's only a matter of time before some other asshole shoots someone that they shouldn't or just shoot someone period. <laughs> um, and, and gets him, gets himself in trouble or kills somebody and, uh, drives us all down uh, further down the rabbit hole. Aye. So if you, but it turns out if you wanted to send some racist text messages and shoot somebody, you get a $75,000 signing bonus. If you try, if you wanted to do it in the city of Alameda County, let's see what's going on here. City of Alameda, California. I have good news. Uh, ever since we rolled out the hiring incentive, we went from about a 30% deficit to about a 10% deficit in the last 10 months. That incentive uh, that Alameda Police Chief Nishant Joshi is talking about is a $75,000 signing bonus, the highest for law enforcement currently being offered in the country. And he says it's working and helping them to attract top talent. Men, women, um, different backgrounds, uh, several different languages. I think we uh, combined have candidates who speak uh, 10 different languages. Alameda has a budget for a total of 88 officers. Last year, there were 24 vacancies. Since offering the signing bonus, they've received 400 applications. 20 positions have been filled at a starting pay of $113,000. That 75000 could essentially cover someone's living expenses for two years. And so that's how we came up with that. Do you remember what the starting salary was back when you started? <laughs> I think it was $37,500. <laughs> and back then, it felt like a lot of money. So, <laughs> San Francisco Police Chief William Scott says SFPD salaries are almost quadruple for new recruits from when he started. SFPD claims to have among the highest starting pay for new cops in the U.S., and they've streamlined the application process. Ooh, not good. So competitive. <laughs> a lot of people who are interested in, in this type of work, they're not going to wait. You know, they're going to go to another department if we don't open our academies up and open our doors. So... That model, we believe, has helped change the game as well. Over at BART, Interim Deputy Chief Christopher Vogan says they have 31 vacancies out of 242 positions. BART increased base pay by 20% and for the past year have been offering a $15,000 signing bonus for those with previous experience. Part of the uh, hiring bonus is the fact that we're not having to pay to put somebody through a police academy. As with other agencies, Vogan says the bonus is working. In Alameda, Ansar Hassan, ABC7 News. So the streamlining the application process seems to lead to the sorts of problems we talk about uh, often on down ballot, I'm assuming. Yeah, I would need to know a little more about what they mean by streamlining. Do they mean sort of, you know, just making sure that there is, I mean, that there is a process, that there are steps to the process and just that the steps come up sooner, right? There aren't like as much dead time between those steps, right? Um, all of which are more likely very important in terms of screening. Um, but yeah, I would be curious to see what their screening process is in the first place and uh, what they've done to streamline the onboarding process. Because I mean, we have, you know, they, they want to fill their positions. They want to look good politically. Um, and maybe it'll make their neighbor, their streets and their neighborhood and their community safer. Um, but you're miss, they're missing the boat if they're not doing a thorough job of vetting the people, like the man said, who are making life and death decisions the ones who have the guns, we do not have the guns necessarily. Um, Second Amendment, yeah! Uh, but uh, it's, it's very very slippery slope there. 
Yeah, I don't like the. Uh, 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 I, I, you know, this is that. This is that. Uh, it just needs well, to be ins- like further professionalized, not like easier to apply. I don't know. Correct. Like, Correct. And I don't know if this, if the, you know, the signing bonus, but I guess it applies if you get hired across the board. But um, to me, there's also like needs assessments and things like that. And there's equity concerns and, and uh, uh, you know, if you're just offering it willy nilly to anyone, it's, it's, it just smacks of trouble brewing down the, down the pipe. So Alameda could be headed to an Antioch situation. Who knows? Yep. Or a San Jose situation. Also, the previous experience. I mean, okay, they have previous experience, but are are they currently employed? And if they're if they're not, like, well, maybe why? It's. I mean, it's certainly an issue. I I know it's an issue uh, in San Jose where officers get trained and then get on the job here and just don't. You know, uh, they they find they can get more pay somewhere else or better situation, working conditions somewhere else, so they leave and they've been trained. You know, they, the city has spent hundred thousand dollars whatever training them two hundred fifty thousand dollars training them uh, and they are pretty much out that money and some other agency benefits from that experienced officer um but yeah regardless like if you're just, just because you're experienced in another department doesn't make you any less uh, corrupt any less of a potential loose cannon any any more vetted right doesn't mean doesn't mean that last department vetted you all that well either right they might have streamlined their process <laughs> Right, they might have they might have taken your word for it that you were vetted elsewhere. Right, right, or, or taken the word of that previous department, right, the HR department of the previous department, and the one going back from that, and one going back from that, and uh, God knows how you got the reputation in the first place. But you're a good guy, gal. I I can so. see a situation in which maybe they the union's going to make it hard to can somebody, but a city or a county or some some uh, group are like, ooh, this guy's a problem. We got to get rid of him, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then they're like, "Oh shit! He applied somewhere else. Give him a good re- reference. Get get rid of that guy." <laughs> right? Or yeah, or there's just no, you know, there's no follow up anyway, or there's no re- no reference checks done, and things things like that, or someone lies in their reference checks. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, it is it is very hard to dismiss um, an officer, just like any public employee who is represented by a union. Um, that's for for good reason, but it also has been manipulated in a lot of these cases too all right we're gonna move on to get your shit together and it seems like this is a mayor ed 209 versus homeless encampments let's see what's going on here ending the era of encampments and providing an alternative to the streets is a push from many bay area communities on saturday san jose mayor matt mahan along with two other council members introduced a memo to prevent encampments from returning to the Guadalupe River Trail in the heart of downtown. City leaders want to preserve the progress that's already been made to clean up the public space. It's hard to build public trust, get people back out using our trails, keep our river clean, keep our city economically vibrant, if we're just kind of chasing encampments around the city. The memo would direct the city manager to implement a no return zone that prevents re-encampments along the Guadalupe River Trail. We can then go to large neighboring encampments and say, we're sorry, this is an area where you can't camp. It's not safe for you. It's not okay for the broader community or the environment. We're going to require that you come indoors, but here's a place you can go. In San Mateo County, the Board of Supervisors will be considering an ordinance on Tuesday that promotes shelter and penalizes illegal encampments. 
The ordinance states if a person is occupying an encampment on public property, they can be charged with a misdemeanor after receiving at least two written warnings and two offers of shelter that are declined. Elizabeth Funk is the CEO of Dignity Moves, a company that builds interim supportive housing communities. I think the media likes to sensationalize and talk about criminalizing homelessness. But when I see stories like this, I get really excited because it's great news that you have two municipalities that have taken this problem seriously enough and they've built enough capacity that they're in a place to have this conversation. Bunk said cities along with federal support should provide not just basic shelters, but the right kind of temporary housing assistance. I've had people who refuse shelter because they're trying to get sober and they're drug users at the shelter. I believe that if we have legitimate offers that are palatable, for that person, and we should be able to reclaim public spaces because we have offered palatable options. In the South Bay, Lauren Martinez, ABC 7 News. This is, I mean, like, you know, whatever. The lady who's, tr- you know, trying to help with the homeless is probably like, you know, has good, good intentions and probably does good work, but she's like, oh, this sounds great. And I'm like, does it? No, and, she, and she's, uh, out to lunch. Um, this absolutely this is not media sensationalism. That absolutely sounds like criminalizing homelessness. They just said it's a misdemeanor, right? If you don't follow the rules, you don't follow the steps um, that Mayor Ed 209 levies out. And but this is no surprise, right? If any, uh, we followed the mayor's race two years ago, we heard his rhetoric. This is exactly out of his talk, precisely out of his talking points. You know, uh, we were going to require that people take shelter, uh, and if they don't, we're going to you know go. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take them and put them in shelter, right? We're gonna we're gonna arrest them, or we're gonna well not arrest them, right? We're criminalizing them, but we're gonna go grab them. We're gonna put them in some place where we feel more safe having them, right? Um, so it absolutely is criminalizing homelessness. It absolutely is the wrong approach to say, oh well, just um, we're gonna create no encampment zones. I mean, in theory, the whole city is a no encampment zone, right? Right. And it's not as though. Like people, uh, there's talk of uh, sanctioned encampments, which exist in other cities. Um, but it's not as though, you know, ever, everyone is really like jumping for joy, like, yay, sanctioned encampments. Like, we're just trying to solve the immediate problem while we address the longer term problem, right? And we're trying to embrace anything we can and make it easier on folks. But just listen to listening to this guy with his P coat or his overcoat, you know, under the overpass um, and his hot cocoa. And talking about going up to an encampment and, you know, telling folks, well, you got to go. It's not safe for you here. We've decided it's not safe for you to be here. So you've got to go to this place. Um, okay. And if not, well, we're going to cite you and we're going to pick up all your shit and, and make you go. <clears throat> um, and that, I, just the, the audacity and the entitlement that that, that carries along with it is just really shocking. Um, but Maybe not so shocking. It's 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 a, it's disappointing, but again, it, it shouldn't be shocking because it was straight out of his bloody campaign rhetoric. So and like somebody's like, I'm I'm like outdoors, and you're gonna charge me with a misdemeanor. Uh oh. Right. Right. <laughs> like that's it, it, the least of their like the the low um the priority level for the for someone who's like living, and in, in this weather, especially right now in this atmospheric river on the street, like that, that's a pretty low priority. I would say is oh, you're gonna cite me um. Gee, um, I'll just have to. Worry well, then about I guess I'll just, I, like, uh, I'll just go ahead and stop being homeless. Then I don't want to get the, I don't want the citation. Right, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with all that. So, um, yeah, I'll just go over here and get a house. Um, I heard they're building, <laughs> I heard they're building luxury, uh, luxury apartments uh, over somewhere on Market Street. I'll just go get one of those. 
No, Solano County. There's a whole city they're building. You can get a, you can get a condo. Oh, um, no. You can live you can live next door to a black person. It'll be, fam- it'll be fabulous. <laughs> Not a black person. You can live next door to the black person up in California. The black person in California forever. It um, actually makes the uh, makes the property value in your neighborhood go up because people and, like want to seem inclusive, <laughs> right? And everybody knows him, right, or her. Everyone knows that person. <laughs> the whole town. Oh, it's it's Bill. Um, Anywho, all right. Well, uh, so Matt, uh, Mayor Matt Ed two hundred nine Mayhan is trying to get his shit together. Um, we can take a cruise down down ballot if that's okay with you. Yeah. What is down ballot watch? What is the this part of the docket? Well, a down ballot watch is where we take a look um, at the races that, um, well, in some cases, races that folks are paying attention to, but um, a little closer to home here in California, specifically the Bay Area, specifically the South Bay. Um, but generally around the Bay, we try to focus on, on this area. And, um, when the national and the local intersect, we have stories like this one where we've got a, a former baseballer of some sort, of uh, some acclaim, uh, who is running as the, pretty much the, I don't know if he's the lone Republican. I think there's like a billion people running for this. Um, but certainly the most prominent Republican running for the U S Senate seat that's going to be vacated by, or was vacated, sorry, by the uh, passing of Dianne Feinstein. So we're going to uh, hear more about Steve Garvey. He, t- he had a visit to the Bay Area recently. So we're gonna, there was an interview with him. We're going to learn more about his, uh, his interest and his, uh, why he's seeking this seat. Here from, so I'll go. Former major, major leaguer Steve Garvey brought his campaign tour to the Bay Area. The U.S. Senate candidate meeting with members of the Jewish community in Pleasanton. Now the former Dodgers and Padres stars running as a Republican in a very crowded field of candidates hoping to fill the seat previously held by the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. He sat down. Oh man, he said everything I just said. I should just let him his campaign works to build support up and down the state. When it's all said and done, uh, Probably uh, Mr. Schiff and I will be standing next to each other, and people will will decide. Former professional baseball star Steve Garvey, confident in his Senate run. The first-time candidate running as a Republican has watched his chances of an upset grow. The latest poll from Emerson College shows Garvey in second place to Democrat Congressman Adam Schiff, with Representatives Katie Porter and Barbara Lee following behind. I think people- yeah, but who are those Porter and Barbara Lee people going to end up fucking voting for if they mm. like not this on. guy? We need a good, common sense, compassionate voice like Steve's, and we know he's a team builder, and we know he'll build consensus. Garvey in the Bay Area meeting with Jewish leaders to hear about concerns like anti-Semitism in the wake of the Israel-Hamas war. He said he supports Israel's right to defend itself and continued U.S. aid. As a rule, we stand by them, you know, from beginning to end. As a rule? But we always have to remember, we've got to put the United States first in terms of making sure that, you know, our military is a deterrent. Garvey said he also wants to meet with Palestinian Americans. His camp probably don't want to meet with a Republican. They're like, fuck off. (laughs) Focused on domestic issues like the southern border, which he wants to close, crime and homelessness. He recently toured encampments in L.A. and Sacramento. What do you think the federal government can do to better serve the homeless? Government should start listening to um, the local projects that have become very, very effective. Uh, The Alpha Project in in San Diego, very effective. Um, Dream Center in Los Angeles, very effective. Garvey said he wants greater accountability for homeless spending, but did not cite a specific policy proposal. It will be helpful for him, and I think he will do this to articulate uh, policy proposals and, and things he intends to fight for. I think one thing Steve will be very good at is striking a conciliatory tone. 
the, the idea of bringing people together. Stanford's Lonnie Chan knows the challenge of running as a Republican in the state. He ran unsuccessfully for controller in 2022. Chen points to the two-to-one registration advantage for Democrats and the divisive effect of former President Trump, an issue Garvey avoided. If he is the eventual nominee, do you get behind him? You voted for him twice. Do you endorse him? I'll be pragmatic, uh, use common sense, and uh, I'll decide who I think is going to be best for my country and my life. The single most difficult race in America isn't the presidency. It's for a moderate like myself in California. It has not stopped his opponents from tying him to Trump. A Schiff fundraising email saying Trump's MAGA loyalists would turn out to vote for Garvey. Garvey said he's focused on his own campaign and trying to advance to the general election. Barbara Lee, Katie Porter and, and Adam never in the world thought there'd be anybody else in this race. It was the three of them. They were going to battle it out for they are battling it out. Progressive state in Washington as, as senators. But you know what? You can't fail out. California voters have not elected a Republican to statewide office since 2006 and have not sent a Republican to the Senate since 1988. Reporting in the newsroom, Greg Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. <clears throat> so, like, that's, guys, that, that, is that, that guy's just running to be the guy that loses in the, the, the runoff, right? Yeah. It's, um, God knows why. Maybe he just loves acclaim and fame and notoriety and being out there in public and uh or someone told him you know do this uh it'll be fun you can write a book about it um uh, yeah i don't don't know why steve garvey wants to to do to take on this this mantle but yeah he's going to lose uh whoever i mean if it's schiff and all yeah all those katie porter all those barbara lee supporters will be with him um well, maybe not all of them a couple of them might not vote or stay home but enough of them are going to go over to schiff that he'll handily win a runoff um and that's just uh the way it goes right now for republicans in california they have done such a piss poor job of uh, governing and selling their uh, message and um delivering that they are now almost irrelevant uh, well, in most in most aspects of our politics as cities in ca- big cities in california get bigger and bigger it's just going to be it's impossible it's just impossible People in yes. big cities just vote for Democrats. It's just the fucking way it is. And yes, and it, you know, this guy's like, oh, I'm a moderate, but like, what, what? Okay, then tell us why. Like, tell Democrats in cities why they should vote for you. Don't just be like, don't just be like, oh, well, I don't know about Trump. If you want Democrats in cities to vote for you? Go, I vote for that guy. Yeah, if uh, he's, you want to win over those. If he truly is a moderate, right, and wants to win over crossover votes, you're right. He needs to do. He needs to cross over. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't get the sense that that that's his interest. I think they all know what's going on here. There's, you know, there's some sort of grift happening. Um, as you like to say, I mean, maybe he's just a bored rich guy. Yeah. Uh, it could be, it could be his like old baseball manager. Maybe like ran off with all his money or something, or maybe his, he maybe got divorced and lost it all, you know, uh, or prenup or like Um, there's just because he's not really involved in major league baseball anymore. There's nobody really stroking his ego and telling him how great he is anymore. And so he wants to like, go be a politician. You know, it, it all, all those things could be true and they all add up to, yeah, let's do this. Um, but, uh, it good on, you know, good luck to him. Uh, it's going to be, uh, pretty much a vacation for who, whichever Democrat comes out on top uh, yeah. on March 5th. Um, they get to hang out and chill for eight months until it's time to take office. Um, it is a little disappointing to see that Katie Porter isn't doing better because, uh, yeah, I thought she might. Barbara Lee is my like choice choice, but I guess like, like she's not, not going to win. Right. Yeah. I no, thought I, Katie but, Porter had a shot, and she was like my second choice, like the of the people I thought could win. 
and um yeah i mean i don't if mind you, adam i don't mind adam schiff it's just that it's just that he primarily exists to annoy republicans and i sort of hate that about a lot of republicans and so i if i'm going to be consistent i should dislike that adam schiff primarily exists to uh you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah <laughs> antagonize him um but he's also that's that he's also making that part central of his uh his campaign narrative too that he's going after them he's he's defending us defending democracy right that's what well, i don't I, he's just a little sanctimonious for my taste but he'll, he'll yeah, walk away yeah, with no, it. I, I mean, i'm 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 with you i'm i'm certainly a barbara lee supporter um i do wish that you know she and katie porter could become like some you know mega woman warrior candidate who could take out <laughs> who could surpass Schiff. um and maybe combined their support would would do that i don't know that it would just be that homogenous i think that if katie porter weren't in the race a lot of her vote would go to shift um and if bar but if bar really weren't in the race i don't know that much of hers would go to shift i think a lot of it would go to katie porter yeah um yeah so uh, i don't know and that, that but, but a that, barbara lee endorsement could help katie porter right well it, well all of that would be enough to not necessarily beat Schiff in the primary but to get to a runoff with Schiff, and then right. it's pretty much you and him head to head and then we'd see, right? And again, women make up more than half the electorate. Um, and uh, yeah, and they're, they're a bigger chunk of the November electorate as well, too. Progressives who would like to see women and people of color um, representing and getting into office. So we're going to move on back to San Francisco. This is Mayor uh, nope. Breed. She's talking about Prop F. And I would market it as a Prop F is a, a Prop Frisco because people in the city hate when you call it Frisco. <laughs> pops prop stop and frisk oh. <laughs> let's see what's uh, let's going on with prop f and uh mayor london breed test before cash making people screen for drugs before <laughs> receiving cash assistance that is the proposition being pushed by san francisco mayor london breed yeah it's called proposition f and it's heading to voters as the city recorded its highest rate of accidental drug overdose deaths here's nbc barrier sergio quintana Flanked by people who were involved in drug treatment and peer support groups, Mayor London Breed touted the basic idea behind Proposition F, which she placed on the ballot this year. San Francisco, this compassionate city, makes it too easy for people to be out there on the streets using drugs. Under Proposition F, the city would require people with substance addiction to participate in drug screening and treatment before getting cash assistance. But Prop F would not require people to go through formal drug testing, just screening. Supporters of Prop F, like Cedric Akbar, with a group called Pause. Wait, what is screening? Is it just vibe yeah, based? Right. right, that's what I was <laughs> Hey, man, are you high? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I have no idea how that's different from testing. San Francisco and many private groups have relied only on harm reduction methods for too long. As a recovering addict, if I had the opportunity to be able to get free needles, foil paper for free from the city, and also have the city pay for my drugs with my GA money, then why would I stop using drugs? Yesterday, the San Francisco Department of Public Health released details on the death toll from drug overdoses last year. 806 people died in the city from accidental overdoses. That's the highest rate ever. Four out of every five of those deaths involved fentanyl. Dealing with the drug epidemic seems to be a priority for voters. According to a poll conducted in November by EMC Research, 66% of the 500 voters polled voiced support for Prop F. 
but opponents say the measure could have an unintended effect. They say it could push people who are in publicly subsidized housing into homelessness. Under this proposition, if they are found to um, be having a substance use disorder and mandated to go to treatment and they don't comply, they will lose that assistance and they will lose their housing. Some members of the Board of Supervisors and the city's Democratic Central Committee have also come out against the proposition. Proposition F is one of three measures that Mayor London Breed is backing this election season. Prop C aims to help developers convert office buildings into housing easier, and Prop E gives more surveillance and pursuit powers to the police department. Uh-uh. With Prop F, Mayor London Breed says the hope is to try and break the cycle of addiction by changing the way the city deals with the issue. What we are doing now um, is a part of the problem. In San Francisco, Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. So real quick, that guy mentioned if I knew I could get uh, needles. Uh, the needles aren't just for the people that are using. They're a yeah. public health issue. Yeah, yeah public right. health issue. Correct. Yes. Um, so yeah, basically measure E for eh and measure F for fuck off. Um, yeah. Uh, screening test. It's only screening. It's not testing. Of course it's testing. Um, and you're going to, you know, someone who needs assistance, you're going to force them through this, um, these hoops when you could just, uh, you know, compassionately say like, you know, here's your, let's let screening, right? Screening would be to me, you're getting the assistance. You're going to get the financial assistance and we're just going to, we're going to screen you drug use and if we do find that you're a user we're going to offer you treatment we're going to offer you these services here it is it's right here you want to come in do you want help you want help we're here to help right um but that's what screening is this is testing this is this is it's a prerequisite to getting the money right it's, it's testing and if they're like screening people without any kind of like a scientifically based test and it is vibes based well then like they're just going to assume that anyone that looks a certain way is on dope and anybody that has it together a little bit more isn't, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. I mean, uh, and that that happens, you know, every time there's a, a, a cop pull someone over, right. Or a TSA, some pull someone aside, right. They don't have to have much suspicion. They just have to have a vibe, like you said, and that's, it's dangerous. Uh, but uh, so, but it, it's, it's up to the voters. So they get to decide at the end of the day. Um, and is this, is this, sounds are good. these on the, these are on the primary that's the, in March? Is that right? It sounds, yeah, it sounds like this is Uh-oh. happening in Uh-oh. March. Yeah. Uh-oh. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough electorate too. So uh, get out and vote San Francisco. You got some measures. Measure C sounds okay. I like the idea of converting up and uh, making it easier to convert office to residential. That's nice that we, we could use more of that. Um, but that's only one of those three. I would definitely, I would. Yeah, but that's only going to help rich people that want to live in a high rise building. Oh, but then they'll move from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Like the knockoff effect of that over time would probably be, and yeah. end up being positive. Okay. I understand. Yeah. And the more, the more, the, the theory being that the more inventory you produce of, at any level, right, does bring, does, well, gets costs under control. Like I don't think it brings costs down, but it certainly can help to level out the increases to some extent. All right. Well, looks like the candidates for uh, Rep. Anna Eshoo's uh, seat had a had a had a meeting of some sort in uh, Palo Alto. Yeah, they had a firm. Um, um, it was a, this is where you talk to the the regular people of your district. Correct. Uh, sponsored by the Jewish community of Silicon Valley, or a couple, a few different uh, Jewish community organizations. Well, let's let's see what let's see what the how the news covers this. Let's see. <laughs> 
Well, tonight, leading candidates in the high-profile race to replace Congresswoman Anna Eshoo shared their thoughts on the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. It was a forum hosted by the local Jewish community. Oh, God, why are they they talking about this? With the details. Well, I guess because they're they're running for Congress, so they actually would have some... This is the one group where they would have some power to affect something, right? Budget uh, funding, uh, uh, aid to Israel, right? Things of that nature. Community Center in Palo Alto, a nearly packed house to hear Santa Clara County Supervisor Joe Simidian, Palo Alto City Council Member Julie Lithcott Hames, State Assembly Member Evan Lowe, former San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, and former Saratoga City Council Member Rishi Kumar, as they hope to fill Anna Eshoo's seat in Congress after she retires at the end of her term. I do not support the ceasefire because the threat of Hamas hasn't been neutralized. One of the topics at the center of this forum, the role the U.S. government should play in the... Do not stop shooting, is what he just said. stood firm in his support for Israel. Licardo doesn't support a ceasefire at the moment either, but he does call for an extended humanitarian pause. Enable the release of hostages uh, and to enable relief... Are any of these people going to buck? ...Palestinians that are suffering horribly. Lithcott says the U.S. should continue to be Israel's ally. Part of allyship is to hold our friends accountable to hard truths. Just today, the Biden administration called on Israel to turn the power back on in Gaza, and I applaud that. Simidian says there should be an understanding that Israel has a right to defend itself and an obligation to minimize civilian casualty. Surely we can all agree No. a two-year-old toddler is a two-year-old toddler, whether that is the smallest of Palestinians or Israeli Jews, some sense of common humanity. And Lowe talked about how his visits to Israel have helped inform his position. Let us recognize that there are still hostages, American hostages. We must not lose sight of that. Other issues talked about included the rise of anti-Semitism, immigration, and gun control. Some who attended tonight's forum say it helped them decide who they'll vote for. I almost had my mind made before I came here. I may change it. The March primary is about seven weeks away. The top two candidates will advance to the November election. In Palo Alto, Jocelyn Moran, NBC Bay Area News. So, like, like I understand that they'll be, like, voting, but this shouldn't, like, why is everything about this now? Well, I mean, this particular event was uh, probably set up to be about that, given the sponsors of the event. Um, Relief. So, sorry about that. I, uh, um, but the, 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 the other thing that I, I don't want to get too much into this, the other thing I don't like is like um, conflating the, the nation state of Israel with Jewish people like in, yes. on, in, on the planet because those aren't the, the, those aren't the same group of people. Um, Correct. Yeah, I, I think we should certainly reinforce that. We do it a lot here, but I think we should continually reinforce that because uh, sometimes, at times, we and others are, are critical of the nation state of Israel and um, we Definitely, certainly don't want that conflated to mean uh, that we are uh, uh, disgruntled with and or attacking uh, the Jewish community at large because it's not the case. Yeah, they well, two, they are two. They should be and, and should be considered and are two different things. So the, the the one of the other things that's baked into this is that this that the anti-Semitism somehow comes from Hamas, like here in the United States, and it comes from uh, white supremacists. So yeah, absolutely. And the, a lot of those white supremacists, uh, they don't necessarily like the people uh, running the nation state of Israel, but they sort of think maybe the Likud party has some, in some ways sort of the right idea in some sorts of ways, you know? Sure. Certain certain things that they do. 
I um, just wish it was somebody else doing it, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one of those one of the situations where none of these cannons are really gonna, you know, pop off and, and go uh off on their own kind of tangent. Everyone's gonna try and tow the middle ground, the middle middle road, and not set off any wildfires. Um I just feel like the middle ground is a ceasefire, but all right. That's uh, producer Dave, you're so rational. I just I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I, I need a beer. I feel like the middle ground is um let's let's stop actually for now. Yeah, we, that wouldn't that be wouldn't that be nice? We just, just, just stop. Just yeah. maybe not not now. Just just stop. Just gonna kind of take Big a look point. around, see what's going. Oh, there's nothing going. Oh, oh, you blew it all up. Look, there's nothing going on there anymore, guys. No, you you pull up pull up your big person pants and you know be the bigger person. Someone's got to stop. Someone says that no more. Anyway, we're going to go on to end another thing, and I'm shocked that there's no animals or car versus building here, but it was a slow, maybe a slow news week as far as uh, fun animal news and a slow, maybe cars just didn't hit structures this week. I looked. There was an interesting story about bears, but we can always cover it next week. Um, so uh, this is actually a story we covered um, at the time uh, it happened. This is a few couple of years ago, I believe, during the mayor's uh, race. Um, but uh, there was a explosive device uh found near uh the home of councilwoman dev davis in district six um very, district i'm very familiar with um and uh this is also in conjunction with some death threats that she was receiving at the time that she was not able to discuss because it was it was a very serious security issue that's why police found the explosive in the first place she was under police uh protection um because there were some very apparently substantiated threats uh to her her health and her children uh so uh that apparently after a couple of years they've found at least a suspect who may have been the person that planted the explosive but we'll find out here relief tonight for a san jose city councilwoman and her willow glen neighbors two years after a dangerous explosive device was found near her home an arrest a san jose man nbc bears jocelyn moran with who he is and what police are saying led them to this suspect a suspicious device found in 2022 near the home of San Jose City Councilwoman Deb Davis, the Willow Glen neighborhood on edge. Police determined it was an explosive. It was homemade and very dangerous if it went off. Neighbors reacting to the news at the time. I was really concerned because it was right there in front of our house and um, I had to just grab all my stuff and my dog and just get the heck out of here. Which brings us to this week. Nearly a year and a half later, police say they've identified the suspect as 33-year-old Andres Navarro of San Jose. San Jose police say after obtaining an arrest warrant, they located and arrested Navarro on Tuesday. They then executed a search warrant to where he lived. They won't say what led them to Navarro, but they did say they found a field guide for improvised explosives at his house. Unable to speak on camera, tonight City Councilwoman Davis says in a statement, quote, my family and I are grateful for the work of the San Jose Police Department. We are relieved that the suspect is in custody. At the time, Davis was also a recent mayoral candidate. The motives and the circumstances are still under investigation at this time. And while police have not publicly made any connection to Navarro, they're asking anyone with any information to please call San Jose Police. In San Jose, Jocelyn Moran, NBC Bay Area News. That's not going to be a guy where the neighbors were like, ah, oh, he doesn't look like he's built bombs. The neighbor's going to be like, of course that guy built bombs. <laughs> that guy really um nice beard too by the way uh yeah so but uh, hopefully this does neutralize the threat 
uh, the councilwoman, because no matter what your politics are, I think we'd all agree that uh, public service is hard enough without getting threats to your health and well-being um, from random mass people in the community over stuff that you can't really control. Things um, need to get a lot worse in San Jose before you're going to catch uh, me and the councilman advocating for people to start building IEDs. Like <laughs> I know, right? Well, there's there are maybe maybe there's one council member I don't to be named <laughs> later. <laughs> um, okay, we'll, with we'll that, see. with that, do you want to you want to read out the show lest we get ourselves in trouble? Yes, I, I definitely have to avoid getting myself in trouble, <laughs> especially after you know, the way I let off the show. Just uh, uh, going right to it. Um, Anyway, thank you so much, Producer Dave, as always, uh, for running the dials this week on Down Ballot. We do this show every Tuesday night at 7.30 Pacific, except when we don't, right here on Twitch, live, and in all sorts of other places. You can download it as a podcast. We are the ninth best uh, local news podcast in California, according to some dude. Um, You should definitely get vaccinated. I got vaccinated or boosted today. Feels great, so get vaxxed. Wear a mask. Pants are optional. We're going to leave you with some audible smoke, and producer Dave is going to pick it up on the back end with public comment, as always. Peace out, everybody. Have a great week. To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for MTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We now get the fuck up on stage and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing And you know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the bill for the show tonight is down and dirty in five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' me Rockin' the rolly, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do it sloppily We do what we want, what we want
wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Dance with the band and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Sit back